there. Welcome to Article 23, your podcast all about work. Before we get started on the podcast today, we'd like to pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. And we're recording the podcast today from the Gadigal lands of the Eora Nation. Um, really important year for all Australians in this year of the voice and the vote. My name's James Hancock. Thanks for joining us. And with me today is Rhonda Brighton Hall. Rhonda, how are you? I'm great. How are you, James? Good answer. I'm getting also more sleep. Great. Are you getting more sleep? Working on it. Working on it. How old is Oscar? Six weeks old. Doing okay? Pretty sleeping? good. Six weeks old, six hours, hopefully next week, seven weeks, seven hours. Six hours is a gift. Six hours is a gift. It's not bad. You know, we'll take that. Um, we'll take that. Oscar's a good news story, but not making more of the podcast today because <laughs> we've got some really great ones. He might make it. I don't know. Um, we've got two news topics. We found some really interesting stuff through our work and endeavors with a range of people this week. We did. Um, and we do have a good news story. We do. Okay, great. Topic number one is a bit of a different model yes. that we've found from the yes. strategy world, which, you know, I like strategy, but I don't always go there first. Um, called the Stacy Matrix. Yes. Yeah. I to... like it very, very much. Yeah. Well, I did too when you sent it to me. Tell us a little bit more about it and let's have a chat about the Stacy Matrix. So it was created by esteemed British management scholar, is okay. how he describes himself, which is very English, isn't it, actually? That's the most, one of the most <laughs> British things I've ever heard, English things I've ever heard. It's designed to tackle decision-making amidst ambiguity yep. and it's actually a very cool... It moves from... Left-hand side. So let's yep. get the two axes so people could imagine what we're talking about. Yeah. Because I think that's fairly important. So on one axis, you've got um, agreement. Yeah. Is it close? Yep. Or is it far away? And on the other axis, you've got certainty mm-hmm. from the same corner. Let's call it the X corner. Yep. Close <laughs> to far. Yeah. So you've got a certainty continuum and you've got a agreement continuum. Yeah. And then the way that he's mapped it out, which I think is very clever, simple decisions going out into the right-hand side with complicated, then complex, and then over in the right-hand top corner, double Y if you like, chaotic. Yeah, really interesting. I think there's a lot of nuance there. It's like the more you look at it, you go, wow, how much time... You sort of go, how much time are you spending in each of these? That's where I went in my mind. I'm like, ooh, okay. Yeah. Be cool to have lots of simple ones, but... And you write about it this week, and so it's a shameless plug for the blog that you wrote, Rhonda, which is super cool. (laughs) But is, you know, we're we're not always... In fact, we're often not rational, we're irrational. So the amount of decisions where we have close certainty, heaps of certainty, things are not uncertain. And um, that does become a bit, of, a bit of a pylon, doesn't it? Yeah. Because if the decisions are simple. Yep. So that's simple, we already agree. Yeah. Not very complex. Yeah. So nice, clear, the answer is right or wrong, we all yep. agree, and we just do it. Yeah, that's right. I, I don't think there's that much time we spend in that one, though. Not at work. That's the that's my kind of point. I'm like, oh, I wish there were a few more in the symbol bucket. They, and you know, maybe a few less in the chaotic one. But actually, most of where we spend our time, I think, in a you know, in a um, at work, in a, in whatever work you do, is in between complicated and complex yeah, most of and, the time. And even Probably in complicated, yeah. how we each our perception of where we sit in that complicated realm, as yeah. he describes it, complicated terrain is actually how he describes it. Nice. Yeah. Is wow. this feeling of that? Each of us will have a different perspective. We'll say, from my angle, I'm looking at five data points and I think this, and you're looking at a different five and thinking something else. Yeah. And we have to have a conversation to at least have the same 10 data points. We might toss out a few that don't make good sense. Yeah. But we're sort of trying to get to an agreement. So that's where strategy planning lives and breathes, which makes yeah. good sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible to get to the data yeah. to make a good decision. Yeah. 
I love that. I also think, you know, that's the strategic, logical, rational way of doing things. And as we had with an audience of nearly 400 people today, um, leaders from a great organization, um, you also get the, here's my opinion with no facts, nothing else. Let's throw it in. <laughs> That's it. Good luck. You solve it now. Um, the joy of leadership. It's like super interesting, right? But you get that too thrown into this mix maybe there's to a, navigate. Yeah. Maybe there's a theory that as you move from the bottom left-hand corner to the top right, so yeah. you're moving out from simple into complicated, yep. that some people just give up. They just go, it's too complicated. Not my lane or not, not my, my lane, area. not my problem. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. Here's my feedback. <laughs> yeah. And then in complex, maybe yeah. even more people drop out yeah. because then you're talking about things that are not linear. You're talking about systems understanding. Yeah. You're looking about perspectives that come from all different angles and trying to find a, a space through it, yeah. a decision through it that's actually not easy, won't yeah. be agreed, and, and is still going to have to be made. Yeah, and I wonder. I think that that's right. People don't want to go that way. And I wonder if people there is. There's got to be some people living in chaos that don't like to move towards a little bit more structure back the other way, or whatever the right words are for that. He describes um, it as yeah. complexity dances on the edge of chaos. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah, and a- I, yeah. As you know, one of my favorite books of all time because it's it's now out of print, which is just heartbreaking. Mm. But it's called Thriving on the Edge of Chaos, and it talks yeah. about that human systems often do is yeah. that we quite like the ambiguity. Oh, that's interesting. I yeah. need to know more, etc. But you actually do need to land some things to give some guide rails and some security to some yeah. people. Yeah. Otherwise, that feeling of chaos is very overwhelming yeah. if we're all there together. A bit drawn to the ambiguity and the curiosity to it and everything yeah. else. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And then when it gets out into chaos, yeah. the focal point in this Stacey Matrix is the suggestion that stability becomes the focal point. So yeah. we haven't had a good debate. We don't know what the data points are. We need to make decisions. We mm-hmm. we just need to be stable. So everybody just has to lock down something, Yeah, which I think is really, really interesting. It doesn't matter what it is now because <laughs> we're just we're in this flight to, uh, to shore things up, make them stable. And I can't convince you if I'm going to make a captain's call or you're going to make a captain's call or someone else is going to make a captain's call. We can't. Yeah. The rigor to explain why it's a good idea mm. is that we're dancing across 25 different pieces of data. Yep. We're looking at 15 different perspectives, none of which speak together. Yep. And now we just, I'm just going to make a captain's call because it's the only solution I've got. Yeah. And then I don't, I can't really explain it to you and I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. And you think of that from, I mean, of course, sports on many of our minds at the moment, post World Cups and yep. AFL and whatever sport you follow. Um, uh, but so many sports people i think the edge of chaos is where they live and that's really positive but they have to work through complexity and they let it they let it roll sometimes the one that gets me that i've seen a few people talk about that are amazing is surfing and you're literally on the rail as you'd call it of your surfboard the edge of your surfboard but on that edge where you're like i make this turn or i basically die depending on the wave and you're like cool that's a example of it in real life what you know riding the wave in complexity whatever you want to call that pretty amazing you're right on the edge and literally between chaos and and probably quite exhilarating and potentially for some people even addictive i'd say so all (laughs) of the above i'd say all of the above for me it's terrifying but yeah (laughs) and he does talk about this which i think is really thoughtful because we talk a lot about the fact that human beings are irrational yeah and so irrational emotional inconsistent yep voluntary yeah. And also things. uncapped. You said that today uncapped. and that word for me is so powerful. Yeah. Uncapped. We don't know how big a wave someone can surf or whatever else. It's uncapped. No. They don't sky's, even know Sky's it. the limit. It also depends how big nature can make the wave, to be honest, but that's a whole different thing. Yeah. 
So he does talk about humanising leadership, and humanising is about bringing all those irrational, uncapped... Yeah. So it's it's very cool to look at that. And and then collectively at an organisational level, yeah. if you can hold that, where people are allowed to bring in data points that necessarily align to seven others, they can actually challenge something in a different way. Yeah. You could actually get a much more thoughtful decision and a very, very clever strategy. He calls it wise leadership. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm awesome. a fan. I'm a fan of our new model we've found. Yeah, me too. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep pondering it. I think and yeah, awesome, love it. Um, so that's the model, Stacy Matrix. Have a look at it. Really cool. Um, Pop it on the website so people can find it. Yeah, let's do that. Great. Next one that we've been thinking about, working with, talking about a lot is about confidence Ooh, and where does, you get confidence this, from. It just sort of moves in together, doesn't it? It does move in together. I know a great <laughs> song called Confidence. Plug for the band Ocean Alley. Um, <laughs> From near where we, where, where that we was not what I expected. But, you no, to no, say. it's called Commerce. Like, it's all about confidence. I won't sing it, but it's great if you haven't I checked it out. I think you just did, but no, okay. I didn't. No, I didn't. That was it was, it was sort of talking in a weird way. Um, it wasn't singing, um, but we're thinking about this from this sort of perspective. Is you see people that sometimes it's like they're always ten feet tall and bulletproof. Yeah, they walk around. They're confident. Yeah, confident. Yeah, other people a bit more reserved, balanced. It's not about, I'm sure it's not about personality or anything else, but we were thinking about that is what makes someone 10 feet tall and bulletproof a lot? Mm. What makes people more reflective on it a lot? Mm. How do you move between? And also what are the things that go into it? Mm. And are those things radically different? Mm. They're the sorts of things we're thinking about, mm. um, talking about mm. thoughts on it. There's some really interesting thoughts. That doesn't, confidence doesn't necessarily relate to capability. No, so not, not a person can be extremely poor at something and be very confident to do it. Oh yeah, that Thomas, um, the Hogan guy, tarot mm. music, mm-hmm. is he talks about that and he talks about you know people sometimes have got confidence and it's very misplaced. Yeah, but for most of us, the way we're talking about confidence this week has been really interesting. Is most of us find it when we need it, but we'll also have moments in our life when we go, I actually can't find it at the moment. Yeah. I know what I need to do. I know my role. I know I have to step into it, step up to it, whatever the right word is. But I can't find a belief in myself that we got this. And so yeah. what are your tricks? What are your, what are your strategies? What do you do? Because yeah. if you've been handed the ball and you're the goal kicker, you yeah. better kick them. Yeah. And we pro- I probably framed that up in a way that was too binary, if you like. One is like you don't always, like not every person, the goal's not 10 foot tall and bulletproof 100% of the time. Yeah. Nor is it to be um, reflective, lacking confidence, worried about your confidence, something like that, mm. 100% of the time. Mm. There's probably a really happy middle in that or you know, variation in that that's better um, that we can be thinking about. But sort of going, okay, if you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof all the time, what do you probably need? Yeah, probably someone to ground you. Yeah, probably you need, need someone the, yeah. to... Let's just take an edge off that because you yeah. might have a ball thrown that you're not ready for or... You might not be ready for everything you think you are. Yeah. And if you're not practicing the things you can't do or not being self-aware as to what you need to practice on or to be better at or yeah. think more thoughtfully on or there's actually a harder level that you're not even thinking about yet because yeah. you think you're in it, mm. um, yeah, you probably need someone to keep you fairly grounded. So you're looking for someone who knows you really well, yeah. has got the trust mm. and confidence or you have the trust and confidence in them to sort of call them you out yeah. and say, hey, let's talk about you. Yeah, I don't think you've got it as much as you think you've got it. Yeah, and then on the flip side of that, 
probably the same sort of person when you can't find your confidence. Yeah, that's so you right. go to people who absolutely know you, absolutely believe in you, mm. not in a drink the Kool-Aid sort of way, but yeah. just in a, <laughs> I really respect the strengths you've got, what you've got to offer. Yeah. I can see where your gaps and weaknesses and fallibility is, mm. and I'm okay with it because your strengths are so great. Yeah. And you do need to spend a bit of time with them and sort of sit there and go, I need to mm. reignite my belief in myself. Yeah. And owning that, we, we saw a leader this week do it in, uh, I think, a really beautiful way to sort of how they get their confidence, how they find it. It was nice. Mm. You've got me thinking with the Stacey um, Matrix that we spoke about a little earlier, are the 10 feet tall confident people only seeing the world as simple and ignoring all else? Yeah. Curious? Don't know. <laughs> not, not saying there's anything wrong, like blissful ignorance can work. Um, and then on the other side are the people that have the moments of crisis feeling chaotic for whatever reason. Mm. And maybe then these two lanes in the middle about complicated and complex are the, are the way to be where it sort yeah. of makes sense. It kind, of, it kind of works for me. If you look at it too simply, yeah, that's right. it's easy. Yeah, everything's easy, a. everything's too hard. Yeah. Really interesting through the middle. And don't push yourself into the complexity of what is in there. But if you push mm. yourself too far and it's just chaos and you'll never get out of the ambiguity, you'll never make a decision yeah. and you'll be stuck in a circle. Yeah. That's pretty wicked too. What I love that came through in what you said there, Rhonda, but also I know, again, back to the blog this um, that's coming out with this podcast, um, is that the solution and the beauty is in people and the solutions you find with people, the ideas, the perspectives and everything else not just some sort of critique. Like, we're not critiquing 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Good on you if you're there. We're not critiquing moment of reflection or momentary lack of confidence. We're just saying, how do you help solve either of them and anything in between, which I love, which is right out there in the blog. And your role for others? Yep. Is it's when it's not about you and you're feeling, I'm just humming through this at the moment, yep. and someone else turns around and you notice that they're not playing their A game, mm. you know, how do you get in there and help them play it? Yeah. Love it. So we've done the Stacy Matrix. Who knew we'd do that? But I loved it. Um, sources of confidence, <laughs> like what that is and where it comes from. The good news story. We both saw this one Are and we... it crossed in the ether um, <laughs> at the same time. Both saw it, both sent it to each other. Yeah, it was, it was actually weird, cool. but it was great. Um, <laughs> cool. Do you, I'm happy to talk about it. So people might follow on LinkedIn. Um, Robin's story uh, does a lot of resume writing, working with execs, helping people find amazing jobs. Next thing... Um, coaching really cool um, out of the US big following on LinkedIn um, but just posted one that we're like that example when we talk about hiring great people and the ways it's done well and not done well there's a lot of examples of not done well uh, too, too many way too many and too this, many. this was one of the good ones yeah it um, was a great one yeah so Robin's post was an executive job half a million dollars a year this was the detail one day interview come on in meet the key people you're going to work with like, let's paint you as successful. Let's respect candidates and their time. Not Let's not make it eight interviews with hundreds of people over 10 years. Let's make it one day. Let's respect the views of those people and the views of the candidate um, and show what we want our culture to be to that person up front and then live it. Makes sense. Yeah. And get it done too. Like, it has a, a, it has a focus on making a great hire, not running the perfect elongated process. And the number of times we've heard from people and we've seen the research on that is that people don't even read the resume. So they turn oh, up for an interview right, yeah. and they've gone through three stages already. They turn up for the fourth interview or something and the person's asking them, have you been to uni? Yeah, like, yeah, and you're like... Uh, you haven't read my resume. I mean, it's in my resume and I told the last 16 people over 12 <laughs> months about it. Um, do your homework a bit as I've done it on you. Yeah. Like, should be the assumption. So if you're know? that leader that you're reading the resume in the elevator on the way to an interview <laughs> yeah. or as you walk to the person, the cafe, yeah. 
you are up against people who are going to take a full day, yep. deeply respect, yep. meet everyone they're going to have to be a peer or direct report into, and really seeing culture up front being embraced as a really yeah. valuable potential resource, person, talent, yeah. human. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's not it's high it's a hire is not one out. A hire is part of something team, yeah. organization, peers, everything you said. It's not standalone. We need someone great at X. It's actually you need to be great in what we've got. Yeah. Loved it. I'm like, it's beautiful. I thought it was a great example too. And it just, it just yeah. you just, well, wouldn't it be great to be that candidate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now you're up there. <laughs> um, pretty cool, pretty cool. Um, awesome. That's the end of the podcast. What do we always say? I always struggle on this line, but I'm going to give it a crack, which is keep listening to yourselves, to each other, and we always joke, and also we hope you keep listening to us. Yes. Um, big more. Yeah. Big more from us. Thank you.